tracks that move cats with the boom bap on smooth wax. If you're itchy, get the vinyl, how about a new scratch? DJs, b-boys, and artists who do grab. And MCs, yo, this isn't a newsflash, but we affect the culture depending on how we use rap. If we only rap about blowing on Pepe Le Pew, don't be surprised when they step into you, their weapon to you. Can't call your crew, iPhone left with it too, but they were sort of nice. Yeah. What up, what up? This is Culture Conversations, an Eternal City Church podcast. You rocking with your boy, Stay Humble, and my homie from back in the day, Calm One. We're here recording in a mall court. There are people milling around and talking. There's a large Christmas tree right in front of us (laughs) with a a kid's train. You got to watch out for the train. Watch out for the train. So we're going to get the origin story of Stay Humble. So my brother, could you tell us your story uh, before Jesus and then shortly after Jesus and then maybe right up into your hip hop uh, origins? Okay, sure. Um, we'll condense this. Uh, I understand every believer has a story. Um, mine is similar to some and probably way different than others. But uh, that being said, as a, uh, as a dead man, <laughs> Um, when I was when I was young, man, there was something wrong with me, uh, and I didn't realize. But uh, my dad, he wrote when I was about five, and so uh, then he moved out of out of our state. Uh, you know, I lived in New Kensington, uh, Pennsylvania. He lived. Um, he was from Cleveland, so he moved back to Cleveland when I was eight, and um, I didn't realize. But I found out later that um, the anger that I was dealing with was really just a desire for my dad Mm. and so because of that anger that was in me um there was a lot of acting out so i fought a lot stole got suspended a lot um really didn't elementary junior high high school uh all of them elementary junior high high school all of them um in fact uh things began to change a bit in high school um so so long story short when i was in the ninth grade um i had got in a fight the fight was pretty bad um, when I left, the kid wasn't moving. There was a lot of blood. The ambulance came and got him. And at first, I really felt like, you know, like cocky and ah, yeah, you know. But when I got home that night, um, I, was, I remember sitting on my bed, and for the first time in my life, I felt the weight of my sin. Mm. And so, like, like I didn't understand what, was, but but I was, you know, like I was disgusted with me. You know, I, I remember asking the question, what's wrong with you? Hmm. And I ain't had no answer. You know, um, at that time, my, uh, who is now my daughter's mom, I have twin girls. They were born when I was 17. And, and so she had invited me. I'm, I'm 14 at this time when I get expelled. She invited me to go to church with her. So I started going to church with her. This is uh, January, February of um, 97. Well, then in... In April of 97, there was a revival. The preacher came. He was, the dude was actually from Cleveland, so he was name-dropping all of these places that I had been to and known because we would go visit my dad like twice a year. And so um, he, I, I tuned in a little different. The second day of the revival, he, he shared the message of the gospel, man, and talked about Christ dying for your sins. And um, I just remember God pricked my heart. Like, like, like he pricked my heart and, and I like, I didn't want to go down. I didn't want to go to the front of the church and say, okay, Jesus, I accept you. But, um, I was compelled. Like I I had to get up and go forward. And, 
And I just remember going, I don't know what I prayed. I don't remember if I cried. I don't remember any of that. What I do remember is that day, my heart changed. And so um, that anger, 1997, my anger, bro, like what I was dealing with, what I was struggling with, that day it broke. And so, um, you know, so I attribute God delivered me yeah. from, from what I was dealing with. I didn't, I didn't get in a fight again after that until I was 18. That one was self-defense. Somebody swung at me first, and I haven't been in a fight since. Wow. Um, so, you know, that, that being said, God changed my heart at 15 years old at that revival. For about five years, I was in a backsliding condition because I what got is out of fellowship. Backsliding for those who might not know what that is. So, so what that what that means is this: I wasn't I wasn't really um, following Christ. So, so I believe I was His child because my heart had changed. I had, and what I mean by that is, see, the new birth experience. I never had any desire for God. I never had any desire to please Him. He, I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And for the first time, I remember right after I got saved, Joe, like. I didn't want to have sex with my girlfriend anymore. Like I did uh, yeah. in my flesh, like I mean, you, you, you know, but like for the first time I was actually aware of, I don't want to displease God. Mm. But I didn't, I didn't know the power that I had, you know, through the Holy Spirit to actually kill sin. I, I, I didn't understand that at the time. I wasn't discipled, so I wasn't growing as a Christian. Were you connected to a local church? Um, so, so we moved from the church that I was going to. We moved from that area where we was up in Vandergrift. We moved from that area probably in July of that year. So I was there in April to July. I gave my life to the Lord in April. We moved in July, moved back to New Kensington, where I was from, because they weren't going to let me play football up there the next year. So that's how we ended up back in New Ken, you know. So I get back in New Ken. I'm out of fellowship. I'm not, no praise, no worship. I remember, bro, I remember having Pac in my headphones. This dates me a little bit, but I had a Walkman, right? And the little Sony headphones that drop around Flip the back the of the head. Yeah, forward. you know? And I'm listening to Pac in my headphones, <laughs> but in my heart, like in my head, I'm making up songs to, to Jesus, like like singing to God. And I, cause I didn't know any. Like I, I, I didn't know any Christian yeah. songs, you know? But, but uh, and somebody ruined Christian rap for me because they gave me a tape of DC Talk and said, here, listen to this. But that's, that's, for, that's for another day. Good. How about you guys? And so, uh, so backslid. You were so, talking so, about so being in a backslidden condition during this time. So listening what I, to Pac. So what I mean by that is um, when, when I moved back to New Kent, I got out of fellowship, no discipleship, not in the words, so no growth. Sure. So I'm a baby Christian just falling all over the place. Yeah. And... Um, uh, so, so backsliding is not following Jesus, right? I wasn't disconnected from him, but I wasn't walking in obedience to him. You know, I would still shoot up prayers and things like that because now I'm aware that God is real. Like, so at 20 years old, um, you know, flunked out of college. And um, at 20 years old, this was 2002. I ended up in jail in February and then again in, um, in June. Same, same charges? Se uh, similar charges, yeah. It was selling the undercover. Okay. And so... Um, Two times? Yeah, yeah. So, so the one was in a different county. Okay. All right, so one was in Cambria County. The other one was in Westmoreland County where I live at. And so, um, so the first time I remember praying, God, get me out of jail. I'll never sell crack again, right? And I just said crack so there was some wiggle room. Like, I'm going to play on God, right? 
So I get out, I'm doing real good for a minute, and then my homie died uh, in March of that same year, of 2002, the end of March. Once that happened, I just went back to, you know, forget the world mode, <laughs> you know? And so, um, so that being said, I start selling again, um, and, I, and I, I sold to an undercover. I won't get too deep into the story, but this time I'm caught red-handed, right? So they come and get me the day after Father's Day. I said, I just spent the day with my daughters. Now I'm becoming a, a dad to my twin girls, like like desiring to be with them and all these different things changing. And, and, uh, and then I get thrown in jail. Um, and it was my fault. It's not like, you know. So. God, you feel so far away. Only time you feel close is a holiday. And a few times I called on your name when trouble came, even though I was to blame, still got away. I must say, you really got a way of getting me out of tight spots, some bright spots. But I'm controlling my life until my life stops. I'm gonna eventually follow you, just not today. My heart is cold as an icebox, my life rocks. God, I know what you want, but I will not obey. Chasing after these nice knots and night shocks. I'm in pursuit of my dreams, only a block away. Destroying lives with white rocks. I see that life short, try and dodge this white chalk. You control my life's watch, I won't even stop and pray. Rude awakening from the cops, just a knock away. While I was in jail, the first night of my second jail stay, I prayed, and I didn't say, God, get me out. I said, God, I'm wrecking my life. You know, like, I'm, I'm ruining my life. If you're real, like, reveal yourself to me. You know, and so my celly at the time, I knew him from on the street, and he had a Bible, you know, I was like, bro, can I, can I see a Bible? He was like, yeah, dude, you can have it. Just do the Bible yeah, to me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so I started to read. This, was, this would have been June 17th of 2002, June 16th of 2002. And I began to read. And when I started reading, yo, the light came on. So there were some things that happened in jail. Um, I went through a brief word of faith stint, okay. which is name it, claim it, blab it, grab it kind of stuff. And um, I thought if it worked for them, it'll work for me. I prayed to get out of jail a certain time. That time came and went. But all of that time, I had been reading God's word. And so God, um, the, day, the day of my preliminary hearing, when I found out I was going to be sitting at least two more months with a potential of 23 months, mm. and then I still had this other case pending for the same charges that I'm trying to fight, it was a scary situation. How long am I going to be sitting down, you know? Um, so, so when that happened, I was kind of pouting, upset, finding out, man, I'm going to be stuck here for a minute. But God reminded me of a scripture. The Holy Spirit brought a scripture back to me, Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And when God brought that scripture back to me, that's the train we had talked about just in case. When God brought that scripture back to me, um, my whole perspective changed. It was like, okay, instead of me pouting and being upset, okay, God, you must still got work. Yeah. There's more work for me to do in here. And so now I began to pray differently, and I prayed for three specific things because I had this case coming up. So I prayed, number one, God show how corrupt their system is. Number two, because they were shady. I won't get too far into it, but they were shady. Okay. Number two, no more felonies. Mm. I've already pled guilty to two. Number three, no more time. Those are my three specific prayer requests. So August 29th, I go up and stand in front of the judge in Cambria County. Uh, but before I stand in front of the judge, I'm downstairs in the bullpen 
my public defender comes over and she says, yo, Jefferson. I walk over to the, to the, to the gate. She said, hey, I got some good news for you. They're offering you a plea. I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I felt like I could beat the case because it wasn't a hand-to-hand transaction. Problem is, my credibility is shot because I just pled guilty to it in another county, you know. So, so I said, okay, so, so what's up? She said, let me tell you what happened. The undercover that you supposedly sold to, he sold a gun on the street. That gun came up in a search warrant, so they had to fire him. Uh-huh. Number one, God show how corrupt their system is. Yeah. All aboard. <laughs> I said, yo, this is crazy. So, so what are they talking? She said, they're offering you a plea. Plead guilty to possession paraphernalia. That's a misdemeanor. Number two, no more felonies. Yeah. I said, okay, so what are they talking? 12 months probation. Number three, no more, no more time. That's good. Wow. Yo, I was tempted to like, oh man, I, I should fight this because this dude. But then I thought, wait, wait, this is exactly what I prayed for. When I went home, like when, when I when I went back to to to, uh, to the jail that night after going in front of the judge, taking the plea, going back to the jail that night. As soon as I got home, I called my mom, and I just said, Yo, mom. He's real. Mm. Like, he's, he did, if, if it was just two of the three, if it was like, okay, no time, no felony. But to show how corrupt their system is, dog, that, like, like the God of the universe, even though I'm guilty, fought on my behalf, yeah. moved on my behalf. Yeah. Dude, so, so that was August 29th of 02. I ain't been the same since. Wow. Now, the crazy thing is, had I got out of jail, when I was praying to on July 12th, if I would have got out quick, I wouldn't have gone through that experience and God knew what it would take for me to be anchored in him. So um, uh, in jail, uh, I started thinking about rapping for Jesus because I already rapped. Yeah, I already rapped. And so my name in the world was Brother to the Night. And it was night for short, N-I-T-E. And the reason why is because I sleep all day, be out all night. Like that's, you know, so Brother to the Night. And so... I remember I got out and, and I thought like I was like on an island. There's nobody out here trying to be a Christian and rap for Jesus and, you know, bring people to Jesus. I was so excited about, yo, God is real, right? And so I started writing and doing some things in my church and then had the opportunity to connect up with Jay, you know, Soda, with J.E., uh, J.E. Gamble, and um, then meeting Eric and you and, you know, having this opportunity. So to, this is in 2004 now. I think that was 03, bro. I met you guys at the end of 03. Okay. Yeah, that was at the end, end of 2004. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. And so so I remember in 03, because I got my name in 03, that's how I know. So we were meeting, and I was kind of like, I was like the, the, <laughs> the wild little brother that like, you know, okay, we don't know what he's going to say. So I wasn't officially a part of the crew. But uh, um, I was praying to the Lord, and I asked the Lord, like, yo, okay, if my name, you know, if, if I'm supposed to be bringing the light, my name can't be Knight. I need a new name. So I'm praying one day, and I got my headphones I'm always with the headphones on. I got my headphones on at work, and I'm packing boxes, praying to the Lord and singing to him. And, and he gave me the name Stay Humble. And so I'm like, okay, stay humble. So I think, is there anybody out there like that? And I'm thinking, okay, you got cross moving. You got, you know, going through all these names of the Christian rap that you had exposed me to. So, okay, there's nobody named Stay Humble. Then I asked the question, all right, why, Lord? And he said, he, he, you know, 
he, he, uh, he actually took me back to when I was 18 years old. Actually, I'd have been 17 at the time, but my senior year of, of high school football. Okay. And I had, man, college scouts, letters, scholarship opportunities, all of this stuff, right? Our last game, our last game of the year, we were in the playoffs. Two nights before the game, I stole my mom's car, went out, saw some female, did what, you know. And, and I didn't get back. And like, I left at like midnight and got back like three in the morning. Go to sleep, wake up for school, go to school, do what I got to do. Two days of that in a row. And then on Friday when I woke up, I wasn't feeling well. Right? I'm like, okay, so I'm a little sick. No big deal. Yo, that day, that game, I couldn't catch a pass, yo. So the announcers, when, we, when they put our games on TV, they called me Golden Hands. I, ca- I, I catch anything. Couldn't catch a pass, bro. I dropped two touchdown passes. We lost 14-7, yo. I remember going back to the locker room and bawling my eyes out, yo. I was so depressed. I didn't go to school for like three days. Like Monday, Tuesday, I just stayed home, smoked weed. Like just, I was so, I didn't want to face my team because I knew, they didn't know, but I knew what I did. You know what I'm saying? And so here it is. Six okay. months ago, I had total control. Wanted to win some Super Bowls like your boy Chuck No. I love playing football, and that meant the most until ex girls go weed, velvet, and toast, and gray goose. Now I got my neck in the news. I got myself in a situation, but can't get loose. These weapons of mass deception are throwing me off, and I ain't getting high no more unless it's making me cough. Now I'm building up a tolerance, but it's getting worse. Me and Merck getting blasted on, it should be a hearse. This was point blank range, but you know what is worse? The cops not buying. I'm exalting myself and God pulled the rug right out from under me and so he reminded me and I said okay stay humble and then he took me to like he showed me like a little vision not like some oh but like just a little vision of me doing which is crazy we're sitting here doing a podcast right now right of me on a radio show doing an interview and then me getting announced on the stage and what it was is when they, when they announced me and as we're doing the interview, they'd be like, okay, coming to the stage. Stay humble, right? And so now every time I hear that name, that puts it back down into my spirit. Yo, this gift, yeah. this ain't even it's about you. Reminder. This ain't about you, yeah. you know? And so then also from the prophetic side, um, where I'm taking you, right? Think about Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> where I'm taking you. Remain humble. Yeah. Stay humble. Remember, this ain't about you. Yeah. So, um, so that being said, uh, you know, I've been I've been doing Christian hip hop since, um, really since '02, um, but I, I got my name in '03, and no name changes because I haven't needed one. God gave me the name. Yeah. Stuck with it. You know what I mean? So, um, and it's pretty interesting because that has sort of, uh, sort of um, encapsulated my character. You know, so people kind of know me as humble. Yeah, you I call I mean? you stay. You've been in yeah. my phone as stay right. forever. You people, know? when talking about you, say humble. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's who you are. Yeah. So, so it's not even it's not even a thing of like, oh, I'm so humble. That's not it at all. I just see the Bible. If you read the Bible and you think you're bigger than what you are, you're crazy. You you're not reading the right Bible. Be exalted, bro. That's the thing of Scripture. You know, so. Um, yeah, I've been doing Christian hip-hop, uh, love doing it, love hip-hop. I believe it's an incredible way to, especially um, doing outreach, being on the street, 
and, and, and actually having good music, yeah. right? Yeah. Actually spitting and saying something. Yeah. Um, and it just provides so many opportunities for people to come and, because I'm not the guy who's gonna just walk up to people and start talking to them. But this opens that door for yeah. people to come and start talking yeah, yeah. to them. You think they cool cause they act wild But what my grown men at, they never act child Handed their responsibilities and giving back now Keep it up, the enemy's on attack now Take a lesson from Tom Petty and I won't back down Even if they ban preaching and start to crack down Been in jail before, start my store, call it Snack Town Bag of chips for the same back With a box of cakes, got soups too A chichi, it'll sue you Can you had a rough life? Quit it with the boo-hoo so we, we started recording in about 04 Myself, you, J.E., Eric, and then Soda at the time, I think, was just dancing, the Soda Punk kid. Yeah, yeah. We were traveling, doing shows pretty often, almost yeah. weekly, right? Yeah. Maybe sometimes two times a week. Um, and we, we recorded some stuff and put some stuff out. Mm -hmm. The internet was not as big as mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. uh, we were making CDs and pressing, you know, pressing them by hand, handing oh, yeah. them out of shows, yep. trying to sell them. And then I think, you know, as, as far as our group goes, we did... We did a good solid, what, two years? Mm hmm well, Right till, till 2006 and seven. Yeah. And then it seemed like we started branching off and doing mm -hmm. our own, kind of like recording our own projects. Sure. And writing our own projects. And you put out, you were putting out a bunch of singles, but you started with a mixtape, right? Uh -huh. That was your first release. Yeah. What was that mixtape called? Uh, Stay Humble, the mixtape. Love it. Love <laughs> it's it. simple. Can, you know, can people simple. still get it? Yeah, yeah. you can find it on SoundCloud. Uh, my website is the number one, stayhumble.com. Because I live a life that is godly. Oddly enough, I don't even desire to prove them wrong. I don't got to be violent to prove them strong. I don't got to be vulgar to sell a song. My skeleton will remain long after I'm gone. Spirit man, reunite with the body and transform. So all the music is available there. T-shirts, all that good stuff. Okay. But um, but yeah, so so that that mixtape, <clears throat> I actually wrote uh, not for everybody, but for my neighborhood. So the guys that I was out in the streets with that were wondering like, yo, what happened? Like, you was this, this was what was going on, and we was cool, and we, and now like, you're not the same guy. What yeah. happened? So so that mixtape was to my homies I was running the streets with to unpack what happened. Yeah. And um, and and it was a it, that was really a great year because, um, the guys that I run with they're not yes men, and so uh, um, for me to have guys that were still out like shoulder deep, I mean talking knee deep, shoulder yeah. deep in the streets, yeah. barely keeping their head above water, um, to say yo this joint is hot, yeah, you know it's you the hottest thing the in the summer, yeah that, that was it, yeah. You know, and so, uh, so I praise God that had an opportunity in those seeds. You know, they may not be following Jesus, but, bro, you hearing about yeah, them in every bar. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> the first few years I met you, and maybe the first year, you were, you were living in the projects, mm -hmm. and we were doing shows in the projects mm -hmm. pretty often. Absolutely. You know, we were doing, you know, big events with cookouts and dance competitions, giving kids, you know, prizes and and doing the hip-hop thing, and then certainly every one of them was gospel-centered mm -hmm. and evangelistic. And that went on for years. I mean, how many years did you and your church do that? We do it every Monday night. Now? Every, every Monday night, all summer long, we in the projects, bro. Wow. Okay. So you're still doing it. Every Monday night, Love it. all summer long, we in the projects, bro. Two 15s, 
<laughs> generator. Yeah. And we're going to make it crack, bro. Yeah. That's all we need. So. And and are, are the neighborhood kids and neighborhood cats still coming? Like, do they do they know you're there? Are they um, hanging out in the background? Uh, very much so hanging out in the background. Okay. Um, we have been much more intentional about engaging the kids, but not only the kids, but the adults as well. So here's the thing, right? My understanding of um, disciple-making has changed. My understanding of advancing the gospel has changed from just shooting shotgun blast to trying to move more like a sniper. Discipleship. Yeah. And yeah. so so um, we are uh, currently planning a summer program to do in the projects, actually in two areas. One, in the park by where I live, uh, Roosevelt Park, but then also right down in the projects because we already have, the, we've been going on there three years in a row every Monday night. Wow. So we go down, rap, preach the gospel, have different people come. But we started out as just, okay, evangelizing, evangelizing, evangelizing. Um, last year I went through a program called DeVos Urban Leadership Initiative. Okay. That took my ministry game to another level. So from, from understanding relationship building and youth development, um, it's, it's really rocked what I do. And so, uh, so uh, now we're much more intentional about not just going, sharing the gospel, praying with people, but building relationships with the people there. And so this year, as we build this program, this will not be us as the Christians coming in, swooping in, save the people in the projects, not at all. Yeah. Instead, this is similar to what we do with Farming God's Way, which we'll get to, but empowering the people to take care of themselves. Mm. And so if we're going to run a program for you, right? It shouldn't be us running the program. Let's find out what resources, what talents and abilities are here in this community so that it's not some strange person from yeah. somewhere that none of these kids know, yeah. but it's the homie that live right here that run a little store out of his building. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when we do that, um, you know, like one of the things we're looking at, one of the guys uh, that lives in the projects, his brother lives with him. His brother went to school for masonry. Okay. But he got some felonies. He's not mm -hmm. working at not, not working that line. He's actually yeah, yeah. working at Unifirst now. Okay, well here's my thing: to give kids exposure to masonry, right? A bunch of kids don't want to be a mason, but if two or three of them take interest, in it, it doesn't matter, right? It's, it's a good trade, absolutely, right? To give High them that to give them that exposure, right? And this is how things started connecting. Um, once I got my new glasses, <laughs> right? so to give them exposure, right? Then, then they get exposure to this trade because uh, a guy can show them a, pro a project using bricks. And kids can bring bricks, slap down a little bit of the mortar, use a trowel a little bit, right? But what if we could do a, it, because in this area, right, there's buildings all around. What if we could do a brick oven? We just had a new playground built there. What if we added a brick oven and now we could do you know, wood-fired pizzas yep. and different things yep. like the coal-fired pizza. Like, what if we could do something like that there? And then that also brings the community together, right? So now there's this, this common space that people are coming to, and we're going to be there every Monday night yeah. <laughs> with the yeah. speakers out doing what we do. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's just, that's just some of the things um, that, that we're working on there. 
Um, you know, my first my first video, there isn't much time left. Yeah. You can find it. That yeah. was recorded in the projects, yeah. bro. This is only for your game. I'm just sharing what you Woody did in me first. Like the old Matt and Push X got my speed burst. Sent me on my journey, but he told me gotta read first. Gave me academic skills, love doing research. Prepared to give the word, but I gotta heed first. Follow for a while instead of trying to lead first. Romans 13, 11 is the key verse. All salvation's close. I see some of those kids that was in the video. Yeah. Walking around yeah. in my neighborhood, like they grow yeah, up. That's now. one of the things I wanted to, you know, you you love Proverbs twenty seven two. Let another man praise you, not your own lips. Um, I, I wanted to just commend you. You're taking me back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to commend you and get your kind of thought process on. You are one of the people who has been devoted to a place more so than anyone I know. Hmm. Like you have stayed from projects to investing in the community to doing hip hop for that community. Just like you said, your mixtape, like I'm aiming this at right. these people in this place. You've stuck with the church and, and have made disciples in a local church in New Ken. And you have been kind of like, the, in my mind at least, like the face of New Ken as far as ministry goes. <laughs> and you, you're pl not planning on leaving. I mean, I just yeah. heard one of your songs most recently, you were collabing. And you're like, you know, you're bigging up New Ken. You're like, this is where I live. This is my my spot. Like, what's the thought process there? Um, man, because uh, that is commendable. Like that's that's rare. You know. The bottom, yeah, the bottom line is it's my home. Okay. It's my home. And so um, we're under a bit of a different process. We have a lot of people coming in from the outside because they're being pushed out of the city, incentivized to come our direction. No matter what, it's my home. And so, um, so that being the case, like God wants to work in my home. It's my Jerusalem. Mm. If I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be a witness. It starts in my home first. And so, um, that being the case, my heart is for New Kent. It's for New Kent. I see like. What I'm doing right now with the youth development stuff, my motivation, my why, is so that kids don't fall into the same trap that I did. So here, I had all these opportunities, all of these big plans, and I'm gonna go to the NFL, and, and, and I believe I actually had a shot to do it. And I blew it, mm. right? Because I couldn't keep my life on track. And, and, and so, New Ken, that's the story of our community. We've got, We've got NBA ghosts walking around and mm. NFL ghosts walking around. And that's just from the side of athletics. Not to even get into the hip-hop side. Yeah, yeah. And guys end up getting strung out. And so, so my yeah. thing is, my heart's desire is to not have these kids fall into the same trap. But then also, and this just happened recently, God is moving in my community. We've been praying, multiple people on multiple levels have been praying for our community and God is moving. There are really positive things happening. So New Ken is like back on the, it, it's slow, you hear about the shootings, and, but it's, it's back on the upswing hmm. and, and things happening in our community again. So my thing is when I talk to kids, look, go get your education, go away, do what you need to do, but come back and help make New Ken what you want it to be. 
Quit complaining about what's not going on. Stop complaining. Create. Yeah. At your home and you hold your head up. If God wanted you dead, you would have already been wet up. Mom, think the temperature's rising and it won't let up. It ain't by chance that all these circumstances perfectly met up. God does miraculous things to wake the dead up. So ask yourself, is this a setback or just a setup? Yeah. Think about it. Is this a setback or just a setup? Hey, yo, I know about setups. What do you, oh, man, you know, there's never anything happening. Well, what do you want to happen? Right, take responsibility. Yeah, let, let's, let's get it done. So, so part of my job now is, is, is helping young people see that they don't have to wait for an adult to do it, mm. right? If they keep waiting for an adult to do it, it ain't never going to happen. So, so I think we're so getting people away from dependency. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so, yeah, but, but even, even in my church, uh, my church is not perfect. My pastor is not perfect, but he's following no, Jesus. There are no perfect Yeah, ones. you know, he's following Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, his ability to preach and teach the word of God, his heart for people, his heart for outreach is why I am the way that yeah. I am. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, that, that would be uh, I, one more thing. Yeah, cool. Still in five minutes. I didn't, I didn't understand missions. I didn't understand missions. How so? Um, my thinking in ignorance, because if you go to a lot of black churches, they're not dealing with missionaries. And like, we don't have a black church. We have a mixed church. We got a lot of That's Africans. Great. Yeah, yeah. You know, half white, half black, <laughs> running around, you know what I'm saying? Which is so, your story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that being said, um, we don't have a lot of money. So missions isn't even on the table for us, right? Like foreign missions. Foreign missions, yeah. yeah. So, so my thinking was, okay, I'll let somebody else handle Africa and Asia and Europe. You know, they need yeah, <laughs> right? America, cities in America, right? And so uh, I'll let other people handle that. There's enough work for me to do right here in New Kent. But I didn't understand that there were different levels to this, you know. And so we have great poverty in New Kent. In my, in my city, New Kensington Arnold, in the city of Arnold, the poverty rate is 36%. That's where I live at. Wow. The poverty rate is 36%. Um, the poverty rate in the United States is not measured by the same factors as what poverty looks like in Malawi or in Kenya sure. in Rwanda, yeah. Uganda. Like, yep. Poverty looks totally different in a third world than it does in America. No doubt. You know, um, if, if, if you want to eat, you're going to eat. You could come into a restaurant like this and say, look, I have nothing. Like, I, I, I'm so down and out right now. Would you please help me? And they, they could even say no. But if there's a person in line that hears help. you, somebody's yeah, going to buy you a sure. meal, right? For sure. What happens when there's no restaurant like this? What happens when there's nobody in line that has money to buy yeah. anything? Your kid gets malaria and you don't have the $2 for the medication. Like, your kids don't have shoes. Yeah. You know, ain't no, ain't no running water. Like, like, there's different levels to this, no, man. No. And, and, and so me, when Jesus talks about us, like really going to the least of these, you know, he said, he said, you're in Matthew 25, you know, he's got on his right hand at the judgment, he's got on his right hand the sheep, on his left hand the goats, and 
He says, you know, man, look, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When, when, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yo, Jesus, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you? Because if we seen you, we'd have did it. Right. Right? When did we ever see you in prison and see you hungry? And when did we do these things? And he said, if you've done it to the least of one of these, my yeah, brothers, you did it to me. Our job is to go to the least of these. I didn't understand that before. Mm. So now, when, a- after going and doing some of that mission work and then coming back to my home, I see differently. So when somebody is complaining, yo, shut up. <laughs> you got every opportunity yeah. in front of you. Are you willing to work? Yeah, and, and so you're, you are also interesting and I think a, a unique person because you, you just don't buy into the victim status thing. Like you, while so many, especially in our culture now in 2019, victimhood is like the go-to and then there's intersectionalities of victimhood and like the more victimized you are, the more kind of like cred you get. And you've just never played that game. I, in fact, I took a note. My, my favorite song of yours is uh, uh, Redeemed. Okay. It, uh, and it's, I ain't with it. That's yeah, my, yeah. Like it sounds like a premier <laughs> beat. I love that jam. That's Take responsibility. Um, where did you get that? And like, how have you not fallen into? My mom, yo. Explain. You fall, get up. Okay, you all right? Cool, let's keep moving. That That's my mom. Um, you know, my mom, if she stood in front of that train, the train would stop. You know, like that's, that's my mom. And so, uh, that has kind of been inbred in me. And so I don't have, I, I, don't, I don't even see life that way. I never have, you know? Even, even understanding like, like uh, so, so, so with my pops, right? Though my dad wasn't there, like, like as, a, as a kid, he was there, he provided, you know, he sent child support, but like he wasn't there. Like I couldn't, I, could, I, I didn't get to see my dad leave for work every day. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what it meant to be a man because I didn't have one in my home. Sure. So, so I got to figure all this stuff, stuff out. But even through our phone conversations and the time that I spent with him, there was stuff that he deposited in me mm-hmm. that is coming to, coming to pass. So my reason for desiring to be an entrepreneur, desiring to run my own business, that's from my dad. My mom has worked as a, as a since my mom was 17 years old, she ran, she ran away from home. And she's worked since. Wow. That's my mom. She raised two boys. We had Nikes. We had, you know, three or four pair of jeans yeah. to start the school year. Yeah. Probably five or six shirts. And you mix and match. And yeah. we good. We never missed a meal, yo. I mean, I think, like, you was making $8 an hour. Yeah. Wow. How did you do it? What stuff was you juggling? What magic wand did you have? Can I borrow it? <laughs> right. You know? I got so a you, wife. And- so you're... you're- your mother Sorry, instilled yeah. into you by like osmosis, really. You just absorbed yeah. the, the, the. It was the not intentional. Ethic. Yeah, it was. It was not intentional. Um, and so, so that's just the way I see life. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not, it's not. Understand this. It doesn't mean that there aren't victims, right? There mm-hmm. are victims. Yeah, yeah. There are victims of sexual trafficking. Absolutely. That's part of oh, yeah. the ministry I work with. Heaven's family. They serve in those areas, but it's not to serve and coddle. 
but instead to come into the pain, to fill it with you, to understand, and now let's build you up so that you move forward in life. Yeah, so if you stay in what we could say is perpetual victimhood, you don't move past it. Right. And you just sit in it and you, 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 it's self-defeating. Sure. Where you're saying, yeah, there is such a thing as victimhood, and absolutely, yeah, anyone in ministry can tell you that there are victims, genuine victims of sin, Satan, yeah. and sinners. Yeah. And, uh, but to stay there is right. not helpful at all. To move past it and to come out of it, to rise out of it, um, is, is what I constantly hear you kind of like pressing towards and not just it'll sue you can you had a rough life quit it with the boohoo thinking not worthy that's exactly what God will use you yeah and yo I hear what's on the radio when I ain't with it they selling lies to my people and they die and not to just play on the V but like from victim to victor right how are you a follower of Jesus and you still a victim like if he has won us the victory right if we could see Paul in prison and he's singing, singing to the Lord, and he's not a victim. Yeah. He's following Christ, walking in obedience to Christ. Like, okay, so some bad stuff happened to me, right? And for me, I didn't even have a lot of bad stuff happen to me. I well, made my own compared mess. Compared to some others. Yeah, so, so, so I made my own mess is what I'm saying, okay. right? I, I blew it. So, so understanding these, the choices that were made, I don't get the blame on anybody else but me. But see, right? that's the taking responsibility attitude that I'm kind of commending here, that you also commend to others. Right. Which I think is is laudable. Like that's that is so helpful for people to grow yeah. and to break out. Right. Rather than stay in this, look what's been done to me. Right. You know. Yeah, nobody owes you nothing. To quote you, quit the boohoo. <laughs> yeah, like, that, right, exactly. That's how you would say it. But what's the other end of the quit the boohoo? Do you know the next the next part of that? I don't remember. It was it was used. But it's something something to that. Yeah, you know. And, and that's the whole point. Like, okay, when when our when our mindset, when our vision changes from, okay. Man, stuff sucks, life is hard, it's really difficult, I don't know what I'm doing, to now I'm a Christ follower. That means the God of the universe, the God who spoke and the world came into existence, that God now through his Holy Spirit lives in me? Yeah. What can't I do? Right? Even in dealing with victims. You know, uh, and I'll share this, this is a little deep. Maybe I shouldn't share it on a podcast. Um... I'll just say it this way. Out. Yeah, so so my daughters have gone through a very traumatic experience. Um, and so so that's what's, there are victims, right? No we know that. No doubt. Um, but I'm so proud of, uh, see, one of my daughters has taken that thing and gone through the process of dealing with it, facing mm -hmm. it head on, dealing with the hurt, dealing with the fear, dealing with the anxiety, all that stuff, yeah. going through the depression, and come out on the other side stronger in God. Mm. You know what I mean? So like for me, that's that is from mom to son <laughs> to to now to to my kid to to, to my wow. my kids. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's that's part of life. But if you're if you're a Christ follower and you've been a victim of molestation, of rape, of 
shady business deals of violence. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think back to the, to the young man who his brother was shot and killed by the off-duty police officer mm -hmm. thinking, that, thinking that it was her apartment. And the dude, I, I mean, I hear people and they're talking like, oh my gosh, man, can you believe that? Man, that dude's so dumb, that dude's so dumb. I had a conversation with a guy and I said, yo, you think that dude's dumb? I said, that dude ain't dumb. He's got a different perspective. He actually sees, see, you always wanna make fun of Christians, call them hypocrites. That dude actually believes. Yeah, there you go, yeah. He believes that Jesus is real. Yeah. And is walking that out in obedience by loving an enemy yeah. and praying for yeah, him. Yeah, by forgiving her Come and on. hugging her. Or, and That's supernatural, bro. Yeah. That's yep. supernatural. Yeah. So he said, well, how about you? If it happened to you, would you do that? I pray I would. Right. Right. I ain't going to sit here and lie right. to you. We don't know. But we hope so. <laughs> I yeah. pray I would. Yeah. That my faith would that be that strong in that command, moment. Right? Yeah. Forgive as you've been forgiven. You know? Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Yeah. So, so, so we have to just um, put on our biblical worldview. Yeah. Follow yeah. Christ, man. One other thing in that song. Uh, and then I would like to move to Farming God's Way because that's a huge development in your life. Um, in that song, you mentioned, uh, I think, a, a, a great tension point in our culture right now, which is police. And you said something like, I used to hate police. Mm -hmm. Now I pray God bless cops, right? So, um, and, and you, you have good relationships with police officers now. And the I do. Projects is right in front mm -hmm. of the police station. I remember there was good interactions there when we were doing stuff there. Um, how, how do you coach young men in particular who are getting good. that opposite story that you're giving? Because you're saying, now I pray for police. I, I, I'm pro-police. Like, that's, a, that's a different view than is popular in culture right now. Well, understand, um, I'm pro-truth. Okay. Uh, there are good cops and there are bad cops. For sure. Like there are good pastors. Absolutely. And there are bad pastors, Absolutely. right? There are people that aren't on our team. That's right. Part of the problem with the church and with police is that we don't call out the people that aren't on our team. Mm. So if a pastor is sleeping with women in a congregation, the elders should call, they should no call that man out. Oh yeah. Um, if the pastor is laundering money, if things are looking funny, somebody needs to call that man out. Yeah. If there's an officer that's pulling over young black drivers just because they're black, an officer should call that man out. Mm -hmm. um, those things do happen. It happened to me when I was in Cambria County. Mm -hmm. So when I prayed, God show how corrupt their system is, the first case that we were involved in was because police officers stopped us for no reason. Mm -hmm. We were just standing outside. Now we got to get up against the car and get searched. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, we were dirty. I'm not going to say right. it, right? And every time I got pulled over, 50% to 60% of the time, I was dirty. Yeah. 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 And so, so, but the thing was, he just saw black sure. and stopped. That was it. I just think you're up to something. Sure. There was another time I was in the projects. I'm walking from, from a store down to the projects, and um, police jump out on me, guns up. I didn't do jack. Yeah. Guns up, get on the ground. All right, I'm going to hit the deck. Yeah. I get on the ground. They say, okay, you know, they're searching me. I'm like, yo, I'll get, I'll get my, you know, I, I, got my, I got my ID. Dude, get on the ground. Yeah. Down there, they, they, they're digging in my pockets. 
I come up, yo, why'd y'all stop me? Well, we're looking for somebody. There's somebody out, man. It was just a shooting, da da da. Okay. But I got my ID. Why'd y'all stop me? Yo, nothing. No rap for me. They show me the picture of the guy they're looking for. Nothing like you. Now, you can't see me on the podcast. But I'm I'm a light-skinned dude, right? As a African. <laughs> half white, half black. I'm a light-skinned dude. Yeah. This dude was dark. I mean, we looked nothing alike. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen both sides of it. You know, I've been stopped by the police for speeding and had no issue. I've been stopped by state boys when I was driving a truck, no issue. So, so I've seen both sides of it. Yeah. I'm pro-truth. Yeah. And so the way that I coach our young men, um, that line, that line you said, it was, um, sometimes I look a little different like a suit, no dress socks, but bringing you the gospel, so that's where the mess stops. Mine did a 180. Used to hate police. No. Now I pray God bless cops. Yeah, yeah. God broke the curse on me like Boston Red Sox. Eyes on the prize and I'm dying to get it. Sometimes I look a little crazy like a suit, no dress socks. But bringing you the gospel, so that's where the mess stops. Mine did a 180, used to hate police. Now I pray God bless cops. God broke the curse on me like Boston Red Sox. Working hard in the lab like we running some sweatshops. The best props you could give us saying the best pops. That being said, um, the way I coach young men, there was a police officer killed in our community. Uh, I think it was last year or the year yeah, before, Officer that. Brian Shaw. Yeah. I've never seen, and I mean, there used to be things called trigger lock where the helicopters are in I never saw so many police in our community. Police from every area looking for that guy. And so here's the thing. These young guys that I work with, most of them are just young teenagers, like 14, 15, 16 years old. But they might be as tall as me. So to a cop, they don't know one way or the other yeah. what that kid's age is. And so we're out, and, uh, and I see these young guys. I see these young guys walking through the alley. I just pulled up to my church, and the cops, they're, they're combing the streets, that literally was right walking. Church. Yeah, that it was, was right there. It was a block over and a block yeah. down. I was two blocks down, one block over. And so, it, you know, they're, they're, they're just walking around the streets. And so as I get out of the car, I'm going over to the officers to say, Hey, man, I just want to say, you know, sorry to hear about what happened to, you know, Officer Shaw and, you know. And so uh, as I'm on my way there, they're like, man, you know, if you know anything, do you know any, you know. I was like, yo, truth is, I don't know Jack, bro. I'm not even in that life, um, you know, but I'm praying for you guys, whatever. And I see three of my young guys walking up the street, like they're crossing in an alley. And all three of the cops' eyes go up. And they're like, you know those guys? I was like, yeah, yeah, no, those are guys from my leaders club. They're just, they're just young dudes, man, probably walking to the wild to go hoop. I said, in fact, you know what? He said, you think they'll know anything? I said, nah, they, they wouldn't know anything. Um, he said, well, look, if, if you hear anything, here's a car, give us a call, cool, cool. So I called them down. I said, hey, guys, come down here. And I let them know, like, look, these cops right now, like, they're on a hair trigger alert. If they say stop, stop, yo. Don't run. Yeah. If they say come here, go like like listen to them. Yeah. Follow the instructions because these dudes are itching to pop somebody. Sure. And it, it's, it's not that they're like, that they're like oh my gosh I can't wait to shoot somebody. Yeah right. But yo one of their one of their teammates died. Yeah. He was murdered by a yeah. guy and they ain't found the guy yet. Right. And you're black. You're the same height. You're the guy right now. Yeah. Like it, it it could be that simple. So so so. 
when I say I'm pro-truth, I train these guys to say, okay, look, you need to follow the instructions of the law. So, but then you also need to know the law so you know when it's violated and can fight back, all right? Um, but then on the police end, working that angle as well, helping them to understand, yeah. hey, look, there's another side to this call. So how do you do that? How do you, because you have good relationships with police officers. How do you do that? How do you engage from the other side? So, so here's, uh, here's one way. So for background too, you're, you're deeply ingrained in the local community through the YMCA for those who don't know. Yeah. So you're a part of the community. They know you're a community developer. Go yeah. from that angle. So, so here, here's the type of stuff that I do, right? Last year, um, last year, or it was actually the beginning of this year, from February to May. And, and now, now here's the tough part. All you can do is open doors. Sure. People got to walk through them now. From, from, from February to May, every Thursday night at the YMCA, we did what's called a Leaders League. This is youth development. So we used this, these young group of guys from the Leaders Club, helped them develop an idea of how they could impact their community, and then used them to run the program. Okay. So now it's not the adults doing it for you, it's you guys like doing that. it, right? So you came up with an idea, you had to go through the, um, it's, it's, it's plan, act, Evaluate. Plan, act, evaluate. You keep going through that system, that, that, that sequence. And so this thing by the, end of the, by the end of it got real tight. I say that to say this. Um, one day I'm riding my bike. And so every Thursday night, kids could come, even if you didn't have a YMCA membership, from 7 to 8.30 and play in this three-on-three basketball tournament. The team that won the most, uh, or the, the team that won the championship at the end, all three per people got a five-dollar gift card to a local restaurant. Nice. So I'm back into the community, right? And so, um, so, so with that happening, uh, we need referees. We play five-minute games, so everybody's on and off the court quick, yeah. right? You got to get in, you got to play, you got to go. We get a lot of games in, but it also keeps kids from starting to wild out. Sure. Okay. So, so, uh, I'm riding my bike. I see a police officer. He's parked off on the side on, on some train tracks. I can't remember what happened at that point in time, but there was something going on. And so, I mean, there was something going on. I can't remember if another officer was just shot or something, because I was nervous riding up to him. Like, man, I hope this dude don't think, you know. <clears throat> but so anyway, I ride over. He's looking at me kind of strange. I said, hey, how you doing, sir? He said, good, good. I said, you know, um, I had stopped down at the at the at the uh, front desk of the police office, and I talked to a couple officers about you guys maybe putting together a three-man team and coming down and playing on a, on a Thursday night, coming to be a part of this so that you can start to get to know some of the kids in the community. Yeah. This would be a great way to interact, right? Showing them that, okay, the cops aren't just the people that come and arrest the people that I know or, or just jump out on people, but like, okay, they're actually human, like they're people. Yeah. And so, um, so I talked to him about it. I said, you know, I, I've been down there. Nobody came yet. So, you know, would you be interested? So I talked to him about it a little bit. So here I am. I'm open up, open up the opportunities, right? Still nobody came. Yeah. It's okay. We'll try again this year. Um, but it's just, uh, it's just being intentional. It's being intentional. You know, helping a police officer understand and not making stuff up, right, but, but sharing real experiences. When I was walking through the projects that day and they was looking for that dude, 
you know, if I have my ID, I should be able to say, sir, I have my ID. I don't need to get on the ground. I'll show you who I am. When I go to reach my ID, get on the ground. You know, um, that's not the proper procedure. Why, why is it that way? But for me to not get shot, okay, I'll get on the ground. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so just kind of, just kind of helping them understand from the other side. Um, so I don't know is that, if that answers your question. No, it's helpful. Or not. I'm just, it, it's a unique, uh, it, it's a Christian response, right? Like uh, when I was, when I was doing illegal things, mm-hmm. uh, I was certainly not loving police officers right. but when I became a Christian God changed me and now you know one of my one of my very good friends is a as a police officer and uh, another very good friend is a is a retired police officer another really good friend is in law enforcement like these are these are my homies and it's it's very Christian to um, have that mind change that you mm-hmm. described in that song. Mm-hmm. It happened to me. It happened to you. It should happen to Christians. Um, but sadly, I think there's such a, a uh, intentional division that is. Um, I, I believe it's it's a satanic conspiracy, but it's also being flooded by media and and certain events have happened. However, the, the, you know the there's sides now and there's lines in the sand and like you know where where you just don't seem to toe that line like you're, you're just like no I'm not I'm not playing that game I'm not I'm not playing this binary division here um, it's foolish <clears throat> like you talk about b- biblical perspective if we're following the law we shouldn't have to fear right it's Romans 13 yeah but but in some communities in some communities because you don't have good team members calling out bad team members then there is a legitimate complaint yeah you know and so um like i said whether that's the church or the the cops either way i'm pro-truth right um and i'm with you yeah so so there are things that i would probably get away with in new kensington that i might not get away with in pittsburgh and that's because people in new kent know me that's Mm -hmm. my home right right but if we're down in the city of pittsburgh and they got all these different zones those cops don't know me right they don't know me right you know but my interactions, okay, if I'm driving, hands is on the steering wheel. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You need my office, I mean, my license, my registration. Okay, cool. I'll grab it. Here it is. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and, and if I was speeding, y'all was speeding. Right. Yeah, they'd be right to pull me over. Right. My taillight's out, it's out. Right. Okay, cool. No sweat. Yep. Most of the time, when you interact with an officer in a respectful manner, if you, if you get a ticket and you deserved it, that's on you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Okay, cool. You yeah. got to pay your ticket, yeah. you know. But a lot of times, cops will let you slide, you know. And, and so, um, you know, if, 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 if you got pulled over and your car smell like marijuana, then bruh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, don't complain about whatever. Right. Um, but, yeah, so, so I just, I, like I said, being pro-truth, I try to look at it from both sides and understand you know, as a police officer, I would want to come home at the end of the night. No doubt. I wouldn't want to be thinking about leaving my wife and my kids because somebody shot me, and, and, I'm, and I'm, or I'm never going to walk again. Right. You know. Um, so, so I understand it from both sides, but I think the best thing for police officers to do is actually be a member of their community. I hate the fact that we have police officers that don't live in my neighborhood. Because yeah. you don't know, you don't know my little cousin. You know, you don't, you don't, know, you don't know the people. And so it doesn't matter as much to you. 
that's part of the reason we're having some of the shootings we're having right now is because we have people coming in from the outside that could care less about our community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so uh, um, it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, but uh, no, I'm not going to play the game. <laughs> no, I'm not going to play the game. Okay, so for our last, I'm going to transition here. For our last, let's say, 15 minutes or so here, you you became a Christian, you started writing hip-hop, you started recording hip-hop, you recorded uh, two full-length albums, mm-hmm. a mixtape, and then you put out a ton of singles. Mm-hmm. And you've got one project recorded that's waiting to get released. Okay. And then, yeah. somewhere in Yo. between, you got into foreign missions <laughs> through farming God's way. Yeah. So could you briefly explain what is farming God's way and how many times you've been to Africa and the fruit you've seen gotcha. and where you're at right now? Because you've also transitioned that to New Kent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Farming God's Way um, is a ministry that uh, is indigenous to Africa. It was started in Zimbabwe um, by a guy named Brian Aldrieve. Right now, the guy who runs it, his name is Grant Dryden. I've uh, been over there to train with him. He actually came and saw our farm. Nice. He lives in, in South Japan. Africa. Yeah. He came and saw our farm down at the YMCA. He came to, to, the, to, to the garden I had in my backyard to, to critique us. Wow. And so uh, just the dude loves God, man. Yeah. He's not doing what he's doing to make money, that's for sure. He loves God and loves God's people. And so um, that being said, uh, Farming God's Way is a ministry. Uh, really, it's a tool. It's not even a ministry. It's a tool that's to be picked up and used by the wider body of Christ to help break the yoke of poverty and hunger over the poor. And so um, my first exposure to it was in 2015. Um, Long story short, we started a men's group that met every Monday night, which is part of the guys that go out with me on Monday nights. And um, in that group, uh, one of the guys, Pastor Dick Samuels, brought an email in about a flood that had gone through Malawi and wiped out all of the crops they just planted. Mm. And so here, like, like I said, Malawi is a different level of poverty, bro. I've, I haven't been anywhere that I've seen that poverty to that extent. And so, um, so we started praying for him. And I brought my camera in and started filming to show like, uh, and I, I uploaded the video to YouTube so that way we could email it to them and they could watch it and see, yo, you got brothers on the other side of the world praying that God will stop the rain yeah. for you, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so that was my first introduction, 2015. Pastor Dick began to ask me, hey, you should come with me. You should come with me sometime. And so my thing is, as you heard a bit, my, Jerusalem, not so much focused on to the ends of the earth, just Jerusalem. And so, uh, and I guess Judea and Samaria, I mean, Pittsburgh, Ohio, yeah, you yeah. know, but, but, but the ends of the earth, not so much, right? And so, uh, so he started to ask me, and I began to pray about it um, because I didn't want to go to Africa just to get a feather in my cap. It wasn't something like, yo, look at that little rock right there, bro. Hanukkah. You see That's that? weird, yeah, yeah. There got to be something to that, bro. That's crazy. Y'all can't see it, but I can see it, though. I don't even know how my eyeball just caught that. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a menorah. They're watching us. Yeah, no. so. <laughs> but uh, but so, so I didn't want to go to just get a feather in my cap and say, hey, I went to Africa. Yeah. Um, if I went to Africa, I wanted to be on a safari or something like that, you know. But uh, so I began to pray, and I wasn't getting an answer. It was like toward the end of 2015. I'm praying, I'm praying, no answer. Getting kind of frustrated. 
And Pastor Dick, he put the pressure on me like, look, man, I need to know soon because I got to buy these tickets. If you're going to come, I need to know. So I'm like, dang, yo. Okay, so, so start praying, start praying. A little bit more earnestly. January go by, nothing. February go by, and I'm like, God, man, just tell me. Do you want me to go or not? Yeah. Nothing. Mm. Okay, the first Sunday in March, I go down to the altar. One of the brothers, uh, Elder Phil Walker, he prayed with me, grabbed hands. He said, what you need, man? I said, look, man, I'm just praying about this Africa trip, whether I should go or not. So he said, okay, look, we're going to touch and get, we're gonna touch and agree. So we praying. I don't even know what the dude said. I have no idea what he was saying. At that moment, I got the download. And I just feel like God, he said, go. Mm. Go make disciples. That's the thought you had in your head? That is, that's, so when I say I, I, I heard God, it's not like, go. Like, I didn't hear an audible yeah, voice. Yeah. God's, but, but he laid on my heart, go. Mm. Go make disciples. Okay, well, that's Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, okay, Lord, but what about the money? Right? It's going to cost like four grand. Yeah. What about the money? And next thing I heard, you have not because you ask not. Make the need known. Wow. Jeez. Oh, so that thought just popped into your head. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I said, okay. So I said, okay. And that's why I say, see, this is me hearing God. Yeah. Okay. These impressions that he puts upon and it's us. it's the word. I mean, this that's word, James. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, it, 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 it's not, it's not like, uh, go down two blocks, make a right, right. make a left, make a right. You know? Okay. This is the this is Bible. Right. So I said, okay. Um, all right, Lord, if you're, if, if you're telling me to go, if you want me to do this, I ask that you, that you use your body to meet the need. Do it in such a way that is like, I'm beyond a shadow of a doubt you told me to go. So what he does is, um, uh, after we finish the prayer, I walk back, and, and I tell Brother Fred, I said, yo, I'm going to Africa. I walk back, my wife is waiting on me. I said, well, babe, I guess I'm going to Africa. I give her this big hug, right? And right after I give her the hug, I go down, you know, I run the music in the back. Yeah. I go down and I sit. As soon as I sat down, bro, this, this fear and this doubt just... <sighs> It just rushed on me, bro. Mm. It was like it was like a tight. Oh my gosh! What if I, what if I don't raise the money? What if I don't go? Then, um, then, then I'm a liar. I don't know God don't lie. Maybe I'm a liar. Maybe all this stuff started running through my head, right? Yeah. And in a moment, it was like the Holy Spirit just inspired, empowered. Hold up, God, I trust you. I trust you. Mm. And so after that, boom. Soon as I got out of the church, I called Pastor Dick, and I'm going. I don't know how, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I need to paint myself in here. I'm going. The next day, that Monday night, I went to, uh, it was Sunday at church. Monday night, I went to our men's meeting. Dude gave me an envelope, five $100 bills. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. So That was probably a shock, right? Dude, come on. Who gives you five, right. $500? Right. You know? So here it is. The day after. Here it is. $4,000 in under 30 days raised. It got to the point where I had to tell people, I don't need any more. Like, don't give me no more. Yeah. I had a young lady who was in my youth group who had now transitioned to college. She's at Penn State. She'll actually be finishing up this year. Yeah. She gave money toward the trip, bro. Like, yo, I just want to support you. Yeah, and what college you're doing. kids generally do not have Come cash. on, man. Yeah. And so, 
So I went, okay? And I could tell you how God confirmed that he told me to go, but I won't get into that. I went. Once I went, um, I'm there. I'm taking pictures. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I'm meeting these guys who are training these poor farmers. I'm seeing poverty like I've never seen it. This is incredible. But, God, what the heck am I here for? Because nothing clicked yet. So the last night, it's a Thursday night. We're sitting around the table. We're eating. And we stayed at Pastor Charles's home. Like, we didn't stay in a hotel and then go to where it was. No, we stayed with the pastor that, that, that is serving in this area. Okay. And so, um, so we're sitting around. We're eating at the table. And I'm talking to the guys. And God reminded me of a conversation I had with a, with a local football coach. And he told me that there were a few kids on the team that after practice he would take home with him because he knew they weren't going to eat. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Here I am on the other side of the earth, the, the earth, E-R-F-F, the earth, right? <laughs> on the other side of the earth, speak proper for the podcast, uh, <laughs> trying to combat hunger and poverty. And it's in my own neighborhood, yo. Wow. So, yeah, that's interesting that so, God spoke to you in that way. So, so check it out, right? So here's what hit me. This is where he spoke to me. That was just sort of some reminders as I'm I'm talking through and processing, right? He said, bring Farming God's Way home. Mm, This is your first trip. This is my first trip, 2016. Bring Farming God's Way home. So, and I could unpack this last three years for you, but that'd be a whole other podcast in itself. Um, so, So when I came home, we started working on trying to find a place to do it. Long story short, 2017, we did our first implementation right next to the YMCA. The reason is because there are already kids right there, and so we can use those kids to do the work and, um, and teach. There's six biblical keys, four management principles, and then the technology of what we do. Okay. Um, if in Farming God's Way, man, we, we, we have the people work together in God's love groups, which is like small groups, okay. and work on each other's farms to help get the work done faster, but also build community. And then when they, um, for many of these people, it's the first time in their lives. Uh, do you know what a bumper harvest is? It's more than you need to eat. That's exactly. So, so for, from people going through a hunger season, mm. right, where if, if for your podcast listeners, if they don't know, the hunger season would be like this. You plant in, let's say, let's say in Malawi, you plant in November. The rains come in November. So you plant in November. Your crop comes in November. December, January. If you're planting corn or maize, that's the staple crop. 90 days, your crop comes in in, uh, say, November, December, January. In January, somewhere in January, February, you get your crop. Um, you're not going to plant again until November, right? So you need to grow enough food that's going to last you from January, February, all the way through till the next January, February, because that's the next time you're going to get a harvest, yeah. right? So, if you can't grow that much food, whatever you're missing in that, let's say you only grow enough to feed you February, March, April, May. Well, then that means June, July, Mm. August, September, October, November, December, January. How do you eat? Yeah. So, for us, that seems like we can't even fathom that. Yeah, yeah. We've never experienced anything. You're going to eat bark from a tree? Like, what you going to do, right? Right. But this is the reality. For many of these, in fact, if you look at the landscape in Africa, uh, 75% of the people are subsistence farmers. That means that they, that they have to 
They basically eat what they grow. That's yeah. how they live, yeah. right? So from these people going from a hunger season to not only locking in food security, but having a bumper harvest, being able to start to sell some of their produce, huge. right? Monstrous. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is people actually get their ability to dream back. Mm. Hope. Yeah. When, when, when you don't have enough food to eat, when your kids are crying out, they're hungry yeah. and you can't give them anything. Yeah. You know, when, when they're drinking water that, I mean, you wouldn't even clean your car with. Yeah. That's what they're drinking. Yeah. Like, you know, when, what are you hoping for? Are you hoping they go to school one day? Right. You're just hoping for some dinner right. tonight. You're to survive. You know? Yeah. But when they get past the food security, when they get a bumper harvest, when you get two, three years of that going, I could pay my kids school fees. Yeah. We might be able to get a vehicle so we could take stuff to the market. We, we, we could build a school. We could. And when we have them working together in groups, these God's love groups, that's what they're doing. And some of the stuff they're accomplishing, bro, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look at, uh, you can find at heavensfamily.org. Uh, if you look at that and, and, and look at Farming God's Way or try to find the, um, the, the blog I have about the bridge, okay. GLG's Build a Bridge. And so there is a place where uh, super poor community in, in Malawi um, they pulled their resource together, man, and the bridge that was promised to be built by the politicians for over 30 years, mm -hmm. they did it, yo. They did it themselves. They did it. Mm. That's the body of Christ coming together, getting on one accord, yeah. and making something happen. You know, and so, uh, so, so anyway, that's the African side. The home side is 2017, we did our first implementation, wildly successful. Yeah. I saw so, pictures. Your your corn stalks were what yeah. eight nine feet high. I mean, uh, they were huge. seven. So 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 it depends on the variety, right? Okay. If we're growing field corn, we can get that. But most of the sweet corn, you're going to get seven, eight feet at a max, tall. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of it's all taller than me. Okay. You know. Yeah. And so and delicious. But but that being said, um, 2018, we 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 did it again and we expanded a bit. This last year was, was <laughs> this last year was our biggest expansion. So we're doing four fields. We put in 12 raised beds and we're, we're planting corn, three fields of corn, one field of beans. And we, get, we did 12 raised beds. We did tomatoes, peppers, uh, raspberries, um, cucumbers, zucchini. I mean, just all types of stuff, right? Is this all on the YMCA property? Or is this, this is all on the lot next to the YMCA. This is the urban farm. Yeah. Okay. So, so, we put up a, um, a shed for all of our tools. We, we built a new greenhouse so that we can start earlier this year. But the big key was what I wanted to do was get kids paid to work on the farm. Mm. This year, we were able to partner with another organization to get two kids paid nine bucks an hour to nice. work on the farm, bro. Nice. That was huge. Yeah. So now, these kids that I've been working with in the Leaders Club, they were too young last year to get paid, but they would come and volunteer every now and again. This year, we can actually get all six of them that are, that are going to hit that 16-year-old, 16 16-year-old, 16 all of them can, can get paid to work yeah. on the farm. So Great. for me, you're providing an opportunity for the young people. You're able to teach them about what it takes to actually grow food, where it comes from, but then also the nutrition side. Yeah. And then as we're working together, it's not just us doing the hard labor of farming, but all of this stuff is teachable moments, man. Mm -hmm. When we talk about weeding, how many of you guys want to weed? Obviously nobody, right? right? But same thing with... with, with with, with weeding in a garden, if you don't do it, eventually it's going to get out of control and choke out the garden. 
How many of you guys want to do homework? You don't want to do homework. Right. It's not something, hey, I can't wait to do my homework. But if you don't take care of that homework, yo, it's going to get out of control. Yeah. You're not going to be able to pass the test. Next thing you know, the garden fails. You fail. Yeah. You know? So, like, taking some of those lessons, the, the, the sowing and reaping, right? That Having delayed gratification, yeah. all of those things, yeah, bro. So, like, bringing this, not, not just a classroom, let's sit here and talk about, but hands-on, let's put this work in. Yeah. Let's see what we can create. Let's, let's take pride in how our garden looks, you know? So, um, so, so those are some of the things that are happening. Um, I have, uh, last year I signed a lease for a second plot. And so the second plot, what I would like to do is, is start the re-entry program. Mm. So guys from 18 to 24 years old, we can get paid that same $9 an hour, which isn't a lot. But if you're living in a halfway house, sure. that works for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. The, the big thing for us is making sure that we're training the six biblical keys and the four management so principles. In a, so it's not just the farming. It is uh, teaching discipleship through the six biblical keys. Yeah, so it's a bold And the thing. management principles. Because we can't, there's the spiritual and the natural. Yeah. Right? So it isn't just like, okay, love Jesus, follow Jesus, run. It's like, okay, love Jesus, follow Jesus. What does that look like? Mm. How do we live that out, right? And so our six biblical keys, I'll see if I got them all on memory, we'll see. The first one is acknowledge God and God alone. You have to understand that, um, and I'll say this for the podcast listeners, yo, so I go to Africa, but the missionary field isn't just Africa, the missionary field is your middle school. Most of these kids in elementary and middle school, they don't know about the flood. Yeah. They don't know about Adam and Eve. Yeah. They don't. They know Jesus loves you, but they don't know who Jesus is. Right. They don't know He's the Son of God. Like they yeah. don't. So, so they don't know David and Goliath. Yeah. These are the. Our mission field is right here, right? And so these are opportunities to do that. But in Africa, we're dealing with like, not like oh idol worship. No, legit idol worship. Yeah. And witch doctors. Yeah, the the witch doctors, ancestor worship. Yeah. And so because of, because of that, you know, the, the, their eyes are darkened, you know, they're blinded by the enemy. Yeah. And so, so their understanding is, yeah, so, so um, the first principle we teach, acknowledge God and God alone. The second one, consider your ways, hmm. right? This is part of, the, um, this is part of the, uh, the mindset of quit it with the victimhood, right? Consider your ways. Why are you in the position you're in, hmm. you know? Are, are, are we, and these build on each other. Um, if we look at why we're in the position we're in, we're going to see sin. We're going to see, okay, where am I not acknowledging God? Mm. Where am I not? Because he's trying to speak to us. He's giving us his word. He's shouting to us. Yeah. And we be down here on our phones, not hearing him, yeah. not paying attention to what he's yeah. saying. So acknowledge God and God alone. Consider your ways. Um, the third one is uh, understanding God's all-sufficiency. How about that, right? To Philippians four, my God will supply all your needs. Um, Is that, that it's the idea? not. It's not only that. Uh, I think De Deuteronomy eight eighteen. Um, it says that God has given us the power to produce wealth. He's given us the ability mm. to produce wealth. Okay, so part of like the Imago Day, and I'm, I'm, I don't know the teaching, but part of the Imago Day is we are creators after the capital C creator. Okay, yeah, and we have the ability to, you know do good work 
take dominion, sure. be fruitful, Absolutely. cultivate. Absolutely. You know, it's inherent in our being made in his image. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's back to the garden. Yep. He put at God took to work Adam. It. He put him in the garden and he told him to work it mm -hmm. and to keep it. Right. Take care of right. it. That right? word is cultivate, which yeah. means create culture and yeah. advance it and yeah. So so if that's the responsibility and I mean we could talk about that garden being our families and you know yeah, yeah, but yeah. but the the bottom line is Work wasn't after the fall. Right. <laughs> right? So we were created to work. Yeah, the way we say it's it a good in Eternal thing. City is our work is not part of the curse, but our work is cursed. Unfortunately. Gotcha. Gotcha. Just the thorns and yeah. thistles. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, so so uh, acknowledge God and God alone. Consider your ways. Understanding God's all sufficiency. Uh, same thing with Moses. Hey, what's in your hand? Mm. Use what's in your hand. Yeah. In Africa, what's in your hand? A hoe. You have land. You have ground. That ground gives you the ability to produce well. Sure. Okay? So we look at, and with the training I just got to start this business, what's in your hand? A squeegee. A squeegee and a, and a T-bar to work these windows. Hmm. What's in your hand? What do you have the ability? And so, so what when I... What gifts has God given you? What opportunities absolutely. are right in front Right? Okay. So, so uh, and then we take that same thing to the teenagers. Right? You complain about money. You want money. You don't want to work though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Two different things, right? Yeah. So understanding God, God's all sufficiency. Uh, the fourth one is um, uh, sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. And so obviously in a, in a farming context, you're going to see it. If you don't sow any seed, yeah, you ain't going to get no crop. Yep. No harvest coming your way. Yep. You know, And if you sow... Apple seeds, understand what you're gonna get. Watermelons ain't coming, bro. Right. Like you're gonna get these apples, you know. So, um, so, so number four, sowing and reaping. Number five, bring the tithes and offerings. So here it is, and, and, and the teaching specifically: bring the tithes and offerings out of your abundance, out of your increase. Mm. So right now we have people tithing and offering out of their lack, mm. and you have, especially in Africa, but it happens here too. You have these pastors who are telling people yeah, to give, to give, yeah, to give, shady. and God is going to bless you. Yeah. And they're giving out of their lack. Yeah. You tithe. And one of the things that we teach is don't go transfer the corn for money. Bring the corn. Mm. Bring the corn. Because in that, trans in that transfer of the corn to the money or whatever the crop is to the money, that temptation comes to spend the money. Mm. Right? Not only that, like we're dealing with people who don't have enough to eat. Bring the corn, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bring the corn, you know. So, uh, so bring the tithes uh, and offerings, and the and the final one is stake your claim. It's okay. Um, this is this is the ground that God has given me. I'm gonna use it for His glory. Mm. This is part of my inheritance. This is part of who He created me to be. And so, um, the first thing we do is after we go through uh, teaching those, when we go out to the field to do the work. We bow down and we pray through Second Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, you know, and actually confess the sin that could have been committed on those lands. Mm, wow. You've got all type of bloodshed, witch witchcraft. I mean, you got people who know how the witch doctor come and sprinkle chicken blood over their field and yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? So like like really confessing all of that rape that's occurred yeah, you're there. You're repudiating it. 
you're saying we turn. It's a repentance. Yeah, it's, that's exactly yeah, it, bro. You're saying we turn from this and we're turning to the living God. So you'll see pictures um, that I've posted with a group of people that have gone through the training, everybody down on one knee, hand touching the ground, praying over the ground, praying over that field. Wow. That's what we did. So that's how we conclude. I like that. Yeah. So, um, but the crazy thing is, yo, we do the same thing here. Mm. Same thing here. I like it. So we pray before we start. We pray when we, and all of the kids ain't believers. Yeah. There were three. Yeah, there were three kids last year that are raised as Muslims. And I, I, I didn't find out until I, I said, I said, hey, you know, because they all they always showing up, always helping, and we're talking Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, okay, um, you guys go to church anywhere? They're like, nah, nah, we, uh, we're Muslim. I said, really? I said, does your dad know what we be talking about down here? They're like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we talk about what, and he's okay with it. I said, yeah, cool, keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> keep right. coming, you know what right. I mean? So, uh, so it's also evangelistic. Absolutely. No, bro, we have had people stop by because we're praying, like we'll hold hands and pray. Well, like like before we start and after yeah. and even now in the discipleship it's not just me praying even in our leaders club group we're praying for one specific young man that God will move on his heart and draw him back yeah. to himself I got kids praying like every every Monday before we start and after we finish and every Wednesday for our Bible study before we start and after we finish I don't remind these guys they're praying for yeah. more hmm. so my thing is Yo, when God brings this young dude back to himself, these kids are gonna get an experience like I had. Yeah. He answered my prayer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so uh, yeah, man. I, like, dude, I love, I love doing what I'm doing. Um, and the whole thing is about, it, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about developing others. Sure. So yeah, you're pouring um, into other people, dude. Well, really, that's that's been, you know, and we'll wrap it up here. That's been your whole life, man. Like, ever since I've known you. Uh, from the music, you know, to you, you were hustling so many different jobs. <laughs> That'd be another another podcast. Yeah. I mean, you, you mean you're, you're like, you know, street entrepreneurial uh, to, to, to the uh, to the typical. We would want to put you up and say follow follow Jerry. He follows Christ. <laughs> uh, and 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 it's always been to take care of someone else, though. Yeah. You know, you're always looking out for your family. You're always looking out for for others and. Uh, Man, I just I, I respect you so much, brother. I appreciate and, that. And I appreciate man. your your just honesty and and your your passion comes through even as you talk, man. Uh, you can tell Praise your heart is, it's real. It's a real thing. It's yeah. authentic. I, dude, I love doing what I'm doing. Um, you know the uh, so what I'll say about you is just that, um, dude, you're solid, bro. You're solid. Like when I think about the Rock, right? Um, Chris don't move, man. Hmm. You know, you get shaking, you know, stuff. But like, yo, you don't move. In every situation, you keep keep plugging away and just hmm. keep moving forward. And so, um, you know, my theological understanding uh, has much more to do with you hmm. than any other influence in my life. Hmm. I appreciate. So that. Yeah. yeah, and so so if I start spouting bad doctrine, y'all know who <laughs> to blame. Yeah, it's, it's, it's his fault. But. Uh, but no, man, I mean, the talks and riding to concerts from the times of coming to church at your house, yeah. you know, fellowship, man, um, 
I still got the Johnny Mac, bro. Yeah, man. I still got that yeah. joint, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so, you know, and I've grown. Things have changed, you know, but, like, um, even even with the, the, the Tim Brennan, like, the Tim Brennan albums, yeah. the Shaolin, yeah. I like, dude, I wouldn't have had those. That if was you, transformational for me, too, yeah, man. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and it's not like, oh, my gosh, I follow these guys. Yeah, right. But it really helped me set a, a solid theology yeah. so I can know God. Mm. You know what I mean? That's good. So, yeah, it's man. good, man. I appreciate your time. I Brother. appreciate this lunch. Yeah, man. Thank hey, you look. for doing this, bro. Hey, look. If y'all, if y'all listening and you go to Panera Bread, <laughs> make sure, make sure they don't give you a half full bread bowl, yo. If you get the broccoli and cheese, make sure they fill that joint up to the top, yo. Straight up. If they don't, take it back. <laughs> Love you, man. Love you, too, Thanks bro. Thanks for doing God this, bless bro. you guys, man. I'm going to do what I was yeah. made to Absolutely, do. Absolutely, bro. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I'ma do what I was made to do. Listen, I ain't never gonna stop, I ain't never gonna quit. As long as my mouth move, I'ma continue to spit. It ain't about me, the spirit keep the flame lit. So as long as I'm alive, yo, the devil's in some douche. Good point, touche. Anger and medulla oblongata, Bobby Boucher. Let it out on the track, I don't care what you say. Be angry and your anger don't send proof. Hey, no hairpiece, but there's two ways to pay. Your life or the blood of Christ who saves He's more than just a coupon You better not be lukewarm Cause his holiness is like the fire of a newborn Okay, 30 years, you've been in church with your suit on But the genuine believing tree will have some fruit on If not, curse it at the root Victory that don't produce God's truth is absolute Just check the facts salute John Matthew and Mark Please check the landmarks Cross-check the book of Acts with your Google Maps Watch the argument the Bible is in fact just collapsed The problem could be perhaps a misfire and synapse but most likely you're a spiritual dead man The truth makes you uncomfortable like using a bedpan You got a Bible but you won't pick it up Pick it up, reverse the red man How do you nurse a dead man? You don't But that was never even our commission All the evidence in the world will never change their condition No matter how good your argument or how you keep tradition Your mindset on the flesh is not even willing to listen Nor can it obey Pete Paul's wordplay He uses cannot, he does not use the word made And that's a major difference Made deals with permission Can is ability, so stay Stand if you're feeling me, yeah. I'ma do what I was made to do. Father God, I'm a slave for you. Jesus, show I crave for you. Holy Spirit, continue to work in me as I labor too. too. Yo, I'ma do what I was made to do. Father God, I'm a slave for you. Jesus, show I crave for you. Holy Spirit, continue to work in me. And if you are already up, give it two thumbs up. Love to hear the true and living word raw uncut. Back to the topic, the flesh has been corrupted. And because of sin, communication disrupted. Sort of like a call drop. But he watch you when you on your way down like New Year's Eve when the ball drop. If your life is mundane, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. With desires to be a hero and they have all flopped. Embarrassed of your life, sort of like a bald spot. God's son came, all hard nonstop. All hard, hard rock, his heart soft spot. Look at them, they're like sheep without a shepherd, lost flock. All good works, filthy rags, unwashed job. Galatians 6, 7, all God is not mocked. Every man will reap what he sows and speak what he knows. Confess Jesus is Lord, this he will impose. The day you hit your knees and your toes and secrets exposed. There is no way to pay the debt that all man equally owes. But if you talk to the people he chose, you'll see they got peace with God down deep in their souls. And speaking to those, you'll find out they're better than none. They're only saved by grace through faith in his son. So check it. You can either believe Jesus is God's son or 
call him a liar and reject all that God's done. The incarnation, the death, burial, the resurrection, ascension, divine intervention. To the Jew a stumbling block, to you a blessing. To the Greek foolishness, homie learn the lesson. The gospel is the power of God, the salvation. And Jesus is the only name under heaven that saves men. Through the blood of Christ we can now disobey sin. Born again, new heart, desires to obey him. Yeah, I'ma do what I was made to do. Father God, I'm a slave for you. Jesus, show I crave for you. Holy Spirit, continue to work in me as I labor too. too. Yo, I'ma do what I was made to do. Father God, I'm a slave for you. Jesus, show I crave for you. Holy